0: These guys are huge, humongous bodies, and obviously a lot of muscle. I'm watching them, and they're pulling down trees, and they're just sitting there munching leaves. (laughs) And I'm looking at this guy who's, I don't know, 400 pounds, whatever he weighs there. (laughs) It's hard to believe they can be that massive by just eating leaves off of trees.
1: Welcome to See Africa, Breathe Africa, a weekly podcast made to bring Africa's Gorilla Highlands region closer to you. It's moderated by a travel consultant and cultural tourism expert, Miha Logar, and an Afrofusion musician, Joe Kahiri. For this episode, Miha and Kahiri are both in Uganda, while chef Ramadan Sindagaya calls in from Rwanda. See Africa, Breeze Africa. This week we talk about our region's crown jewel activity, gorilla tracking. Early every morning in all of the countries, Rwanda, Uganda, and Democratic Republic of Congo, a group of scouts enters the jungle. They're the trackers, responsible for keeping an eye on our most precious primates. Soon they'll be followed by tourists who've parted with a small fortune to enjoy one hour in the company of gorillas. The hike to reach them can be easy or tough, but the reward is the same. Quality time and close proximity with one of the habituated gorilla families. Habituation is a long process of getting gorillas used to human visits, patiently done by trackers and park rangers. And we have two experienced ranger guides with us on the show, Yona Okoth and Boaz Muhumza, and Moses Toranawe, a longtime park tourism warden. An American guest who's recently tracked gorillas with a very special helicopter is the star of this episode. David Azumbrado.
0: It's an incredible experience and I would highly recommend it. One of the highlights of my life is actually seeing the gorillas up close.
1: Out of the five national parks where you can do gorilla tracking, we zeroed down on Uganda's Mgahinga Gorilla National Park, unique because of its petite size and only one gorilla family. This is the site of our pilot project called Action Gorillas and supported by Gorilla Inu, a social currency for global communities.
2: Just try to follow the silverback with your camera all the way.
1: You can, as always, rush to the show notes to read more about the project, Mgahinga and Gorilla Tracking in the three countries. But now let's listen to our team answering some common travelers' questions about Gorilla Tracking.
3: Three mountains, sunny terrain. so uh, we'll start with the Muhabura. Muhabura means the guy. Oh, oh, oh. we'll go to the Sabino, and Sabino means the old man's team. Oh, we'll go to the Gahingas, which is the only true one because it means the pile of souls. Let's go together and see Africa, free Africa and see Africa. Yeah, yellow, red, See Africa, free Africa and see Africa. Yeah. And hello, ladies and
4: gentlemen, boys and girls. It's that time again, and we are on another episode, episode number twelve. We are going to take you to the Mgahinga National Park and we are going to be talking about gorillas. Moses, I would like you to tell us a bit about this group of uh, gorillas and Mgahinga that are directly under your charge. What can one expect with that group? Mgahinga Gorilla National Park
5: is well known for a group called Nyakagezi, one of the oldest gorilla groups. It has got nine individuals. The only group that has three silverbacks living together: two adult females, one sabada, two juveniles, and one infant. And I would like to ask my guide Boas to go ahead and mention
6: some of the individuals and probably uniqueness of those individuals. We've got Mark, the dominant silverback. That means is the one that leads other members in terms of where to go. Or where to sleep. Mark is estimated to have been born on 1st January 1977. As a silverback of course has got a silvery back, some unique hairs on his forehead are two folds on the right side of the nose and he was named Mark after the first tourist who visited the group. Then the second silverback is called Ndungse, which means Someone who is happy, Nungse, has got three clear dots in a triangular form on his nose. Uh, then we've also got Lukundo, and uh, Lukundo just means Ralph. Lukundo is the most entertaining. When you are watching Lukundo, you can't even really want to leave. Is a lovely silverback. Has got a depression between the nose and uh, two dots on the both sides of the nose. Then in the females, uh,
5: one is called Nshuti. Nshuti means a friend. So she is the one which is normally carrying the kid, and she moves closer to Mark. So if any other male wants to come closer and mate, then now there is a fight. Another female is called Chizanye. The group normally crosses to Congo or Rwanda. So one time when they crossed, they came with that Chizanye. The young ones are so entertaining. Uh, they like playing at the times they even want if they they want to come and grab the camera from the visitors but we prevent. Nyakagezi is a very lively group and also Mwaganyinga does not have a closed forest it's not an impenetrable forest. You can even have a chance to take uh, clear pictures. So that is what I
2: would say about uh, our gorilla tracking experience. What you said Moses basically directly leads to the first and most critical question about Mgahinga Gorilla National Park.
1: Traveler's question. I've read that the gorillas of Mgahinga sometimes leave Uganda. Am I guaranteed to see them if I book my gorilla tracking there?
5: This area called the Virunga Massif, is uh, comprised of three protected areas. Uh, There is Virunga National Park of a Volcanoes National Park of Rwanda, and Mgahinga Gorilla National Park of Uganda. Mgahinga is the smallest of those three, and it's the same ecosystem, the same... uh, Animals and animals are free to move from whichever country to another. I would say Nyakagezi has been moving to Rwanda, to Congo several times. Even recently, we had a group called Hirwa, which came from Rwanda and stayed in Uganda for eight months. But what I can assure you is that in case that happens, we will allow you to track. Uh, we have
7: got uh, many gorilla groups. We also have to look at other reasons that make gorillas move. The major reasons would be enemies and search for food. As time is going by, gorillas are not moving further because the communities are no longer coming into the park to destroy the forest. The forest itself is growing back, and as it grows back, there is a lot of food. Yona, can you please explain us what uh, gorillas are eating? Rama, despite their massive bodies, gorillas are 99% bacteria. They are very selective on what they eat. The common is that they will feed on the bamboo. Uh, the other 1%, you will find them feeding on mushrooms. To get protein, you will find gorillas eating ants. They eat also fruits, right?
5: That's true. So you can prepare for them vegetarian dish.
2: Shiona, you spent many years of your professional life in Mugahinga. Were gorillas mostly on the Uganda side or on the Rwanda side?
7: I worked in Mugahinga for a period of about
2: 11 years.
7: The gorillas crossed once to Congo and twice to Rwanda. The biggest time of my stay in Mugahinga, gorillas were on the side of Uganda.
2: Allow me to ask the voice to read our second question.
1: Traveler's question How fit do you need to be to track gorillas?
2: A question that David can definitely contribute to. So
0: I was arranging a tour with a uh, Miharan group, and we were talking about gorilla trekking. And I was telling him I don't think I could do it because of my physical handicap, not being able to walk. I can walk, but not extensive distances and not extensive rough country. The jungle trails to get to the gorillas could be an hour, could be two hours, uh, something I definitely could not keep up with in the lease. So uh, I told him I probably wouldn't be able to do it. And he said, oh, the ranges are very good. They have uh, accommodations for everybody. They can make it happen. And even if you want to, you can be carried. That was a shock to me that you can be carried. Again, it sounds like uh, something from the Raj or some of the old empire or something like that. And uh, realistically, I I have to say for myself, I'm a fairly heavy guy and a fairly big guy. I can see him carrying a five foot something person, but not my size. They'll look at me and say, hey, you're too big, we can't carry you. Unfortunately, you're gonna have to miss him. Long and short of it, get to the park. So they come out group of nine to ten people and they're carrying this Uganda helicopter a steel tube stretcher that's a couple seat inside it and uh, straps and they put the stretcher on the ground I get in the stretcher, they strap me in, four guys grab each corner of the stretcher put it on their shoulders and pick me up and uh, first off it's a shock that nobody said anything about my weight and uh we walk, they walk, and we go through the hills, mountains, the forest, whatever way you want to phrase it. Uh, it's kind of neat the way it works. Like I said, nine or 10 guys, and as we go, they take turns. One guy would switch you off to another guy. Sometimes the path was narrow, so one guy would carry the front, and these 10 guys would be carrying me on a stretcher, the guide the helicopter, through these paths and non-paths at all. One guy in front with a machete clearing overhanging brush. Then we arrive at the gorillas, and then we have to walk to the actual family. So it's not a humongous walk, but it's a walk. So the two porters, they do the heavy lifting with me. They don't carry me anymore, but they assist me. And the whole time in the gorillas, the two porters were alongside of me, helping me navigate, help me get up and down. It's all uh, really pretty amazing. I actually got out there. And had an hour of experience with the gorillas. I have to say, uh, for something I didn't expect, something that was a really a once in a lifetime opportunity. The uh, park, the, the porters, the whole experience was pretty uh, amazing to make it
2: effortless. I know that often people who might not be so young or fit feel bad because they are thinking, how is me participating in this activity going to affect everybody else but it seemed to not be an issue in any way right
0: again with the porters the speed of the porters the speed of the walking group it kind of was interesting one path we went after one path we went in front so we didn't delay i think at least anybody walking to the gorillas and like i was saying when we were there with the gorillas you know, we're eight people, the ranges, and we're moving around with the gorillas and going up and down. But no, I don't think there's any uh, hindrance to others at all. I don't think anybody got Im- impacted by me.
2: Moses, how often does the helicopter take off?
0: Whoever feels he or
5: she cannot make it, cannot walk, or has any disability, the helicopter is there to help. In addition to that, We also have a team of porters. They can carry your bag, they can hold you by hand as you are moving, and make sure that at least you have a wonderful experience. Three years ago, the former attorney general of Kenya, who is now the late, came with his helicopter, and we lifted him to our local helicopter. And that day he was celebrating his 100th year. And after getting a career tracking certificate, the man was overwhelmed and he couldn't believe that at 100 years he can uh,
2: track the gorillas. How many people power the local helicopter? Average,
6: there will be around 20 people can do that work for the day.
2: So in addition to seeing the gorillas, uh, a user of a helicopter also gives a job to local people. Yes, that's true. Let's have a look at the next
1: question. Traveler's question. Why are children under 15 not allowed to track gorillas?
6: Someone below 15 years can as well get these six killer diseases like measles. So those diseases can as well be transmitted to the animals. And then to add on that, kids sometimes can get scared when they see the gorillas and then they they become a bit nervous, which can as well make the trip uncomfortable.
7: There are situations where kids of that age can track, but the parent has to sign a disclaimer, say that in case anything happens in the forest, we assume that as a parent, you will be responsible for all that and it's not the organization.
2: And they probably need to apply in advance. That's true.
5: I can also let you know that we are we are discussing to lower the age limit
4: from 15 to 12. Does it actually get dangerous? Like, what's the likelihood that a gorilla is going to attack somebody or? It's
0: a funny question. While we're watching the gorillas, I'm hearing people on more than one occasion say, don't run, don't run. And uh, obviously some people did feel that uh, sense of panic or need or danger, but actually for me, I was just so caught up in a moment, I'd never seen a gorilla be aggressive towards me. i never seen a gorilla be aggressive towards anybody else in that process. They actually walked and played and did what they do in a daily activity. I don't even think they put any shows of aggression, out, not even, you know, pounding a chest or standing up and looking at you. They just kind of were, as far as I could tell, oblivious to you.
7: When we stand in front of the gorillas with the uh, visitors, there is a way gorillas look very calm and they, they look so, so, so friendly. It's very rare in, uh, in my whole life, I've not had gorillas attack visitors when we are tracking.
6: Uh, to me as well, I've not seen any case like a gorilla attacking our dear visitors, but I've seen the cases when the gorillas are attacking our staff it has happened accidentally in most cases.
5: But there the are situations, especially when you find the mares are fighting. They tend to be uh, aggressive. As he said, that, in case of that, then the tracker or their guide will be in front of the visitors.
2: Protect them. We have more questions on our list. This is one of them.
1: Traveler's question, how do you book guerrilla tracking permits and pay for them?
5: you can either you can visit directly our reservations office in Kampala if the permits are available then you can pay for them you can pay cash because there is a bank in the reservation office you can use a visa card or you can pay using mobile money you can also come to uh, the field like our information office in Kisoro you are able also to buy the permits but depending on the availability of space is there a limit of a number of tourists who are visiting Gorillas per day? Strictly eight people per group. There is also another online payment whereby you just go straight to the, uh, to
2: the website and then you select a date and you continue and do the transaction. I can go to the website right now, I click on the date that I like, and then they are going to c- communicate to me via email and, and tell me if everything is all right and then I make a payment. Is that how it works?
5: So there is somebody controlling from the center. I will see that one and then we'll give you a booking ID. Or you'll be advised that there is no space on that date.
2: I need to ask our David, who went through some of these technological solutions, how it actually worked for him.
0: He provided me a booking number. So I went to Uganda Wildlife Authority website, picked up the activity, went to the booking page, put my booking number in, everything beautiful. It's very easy, effortless. When I checked out, tried to put my credit card in, page disappeared, go back to the cart, no confirmation, no dialogue, nothing, just back to where I was. So it didn't work. And I think the very first time was actually my credit card rejected. But again, I went back in again a second time, same result, uh, no dialogue after I hit the submit the credit card. And so I contacted Mia, Mia reached out, got some contact with Uganda Wildlife Authority, and we talked through via WhatsApp. He suggested I try a different uh, setting on the uh, web portal because it was a known issue and uh, submitted it. Again, no confirmation. It was a little unfortunate. It doesn't say it successfully processed. Here's the confirmation number. But I did get an email. The fellow from Uganda Wildlife Authority actually followed up with me, checked the things behind the scenes, and it was actually all booked.
1: The voice is now going to take us to the next question. Traveler's question, where do I get a guide for my gorilla tracking?
0: Uh, For
6: us in Uganda Wildlife Facility, we have ranger guides that uh, carries all the work. So when a visitor reaches at our gate or at our offices, regardless of which activity uh, he or she wants to do, he's assigned a guide. And the package,
5: Includes a guide, includes the, the park entrance, includes
4: even the gorilla tracking certificate that you will get at the end of the tracking. So for somebody who's traveling, is there any etiquette that they can expect? Is it good manners to tip the guides? Do they expect to be tipped? Is it something that you do over and above your service? If you appreciate any service that you
5: have been given, you are free to tip. And even if applying to the porters, some tourists can even appreciate and give $50 or even more. Others have even been sponsored going to school and all that. So that one is a tip from somebody's heart, which you cannot say you would
0: give a tip of this much. And the next question is?
1: Traveler's question. Is the high price of admission actually worth it?
0: Gorilla trekking is not cheap. It's definitely a high dollar activity. If you look at it as you know, I'm spending an hour of quality time with gorillas. It's quite expensive, but it's not an hour of quality time compared to an hour of movie theater time. It's a totally different experience. When you look at the experience, not the hours or the minutes, but the experience, how often would you be able to walk next to a gorilla, to see them side by side, walk up the mountains, go to them, and just see them in a natural environment.
2: If you are new to the gorilla tracking thing, uh, you are much welcome to check our show notes and amounts we are talking about. These amounts are not small at all, but they do support the park. They do make it possible for the gorillas to exist and live peacefully. So out of
5: the correction is that we Get from the park, 20% of get uh, goes back to the communities, support uh, their livelihood pro- uh, projects. And then specifically for gorillas, it is what we call Gorilla Levy. Every gorilla permit that we sell, ten dollars goes back to the communities. So it adds to the revenue sharing, and that's the benefit uh, that the people around the gorilla parks are getting. Those that do support tourists to carry their bags, they also paid fifteen US dollars per day. Then, if they uh, use the helicopter, which David used, David paid three hundred US
4: dollars. All that money goes to the communities. Would you say that gorilla tracking experience is more special than any expeditions that people would make? Say you go to the national park, you see the lions, you see leopards or antelopes. On a typical
0: safari, that's what I see. You go in a car, you take pictures, and I love them. can't beat the safaris you know pride of lions walk by but again it's a different experience and you go to the gorilla trek and you walk next to them you see them and there's only so many gorillas and there's so many so many opportunities so it's definitely a much rarer experience than other ones so i don't think the price is high at all in the scheme of things
2: kahiri do you remember our conversation with amy episode five when she talked about the magical aspect the closeness of gorillas, all that can factor in and I would recommend whoever is listening to this episode to also listen to episode 5. It's primarily devoted to Gravos gorillas that are slightly different to mountain gorillas but everything in that episode completely applies and you get a much better idea of how close we are, humans and gorillas, and that makes it special.
4: I would like to jump in here and say that, ladies and gentlemen, we cannot ever exhaust the gorilla questions. But one thing that we can guarantee you is that there will always be other shows about gorillas. So keep following. We shall see you again on the next episode of See Africa, Breathe Africa. To conclude the show today, will take you all the way to Congo musically. Since we are right at the border, intersecting with Uganda, Rwanda, Congo, the home of African music, I would like to conclude this episode with a song from the great Sam Mangwana from Congo. It's called Maria Debola, legendary song back in the 70s. Typical afro rumba style, but I'll give you my own version.
3: I love you, Maria, te po' bo, bola I love you, Maria, te po' bo, de bola Te po' bo, de bola Te po' bo, de bola Te po' bo, de bola, bo, bola. Soakki, Panamangona, te Maria oh. Sao na pati, Maria, te po' bo, bola
1: would you like to learn more and go
4: deeper?
1: follow us on apple podcasts by pressing the plus button at the top or on spotify you should simply tap follow under the podcast title we record with a live zoom audience every tuesday and publish the episodes by the weekend